What's up? I'm Alan. I'm Dave. And this is Draw, Roll, Move Podcast, episode 6. And today we're talking about... Thematic gaming. What do we mean by thematic gaming? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Games with a theme. Uh, Some people play to win, and some people play because they want that experience in that game of going to another world. So something like Arkham Horror. Oh, I love Arkham Horror. The entire fun of the game is that you are trying to fight Cthulhu monsters. If you stripped away the theme and the the experience of pretending to be fighting Cthulhu monsters, the game would not be fun. Oh, it'd still be okay. Okay. But it wouldn't be be Cthulhu. Yes, it would not be the same type of game. And that's what we mean by thematic gaming. So there are a lot of reasons why people play games. One of the biggest reasons, at least for us, is the social aspect of it. But there's also other things. For example, there's the competitive aspect. There's trying to win and and there's trying to screw over and feel dominant over your friends and or enemies. And then there's also the experience of the game, feeling like you're going to a different world. What kind of aspects do you like the most? Yes, those are all good. (laughs) All of them. All of them. Well, you know, I've said it a ton of times. I play games to be social and to have fun with friends, but uh, I really don't mind stabbing a, a buddy in the back if it means I'm going to get uh, get that little extra step ahead. <laughs> uh, we've mentioned plenty of games that we love. Uh, we always keep coming back to Cutthroats and... Uh, Cutthroat Caverns, for those who don't know what he's talking about. and uh, Especially since it's beeped. It's definitely, a, I think, a fairly well-themed game of, uh, of dungeon delving mm. with that little, that little uh, competitive edge to it and a little bit of the screw you. Yes. Uh, so it's got, a, it's got a good combination of all the elements of gaming that I, that I really enjoy. And that's why it keeps coming up. That's why it's one of, uh, one of my favorite games. It's one of the games that... We always ask for it every single games night. And I gotta say, the screw over mechanic in Cutthroat Caverns ties so well into the theme. I really do feel like we're a bunch of conniving, (laughs) selfish dungeon explorers trying to stab the other guy in the back and take their stuff. Because I would never do that in real life. (laughs) Because there's something called the law. Well, you might not... Literally stab someone <laughs> in the back. But no, I would I would never do that in real life. But it's fun when you're able to pretend to be that evil guy that is saying one thing but actually trying to do another thing. Two faced. Yes, two faced. Being two faced because that's one of the things I actually hate the most in real life, which is why it's so fun to be able to role play that character in a game. It is funny that. Uh... We do feel like it's more fun to play these characters that we despise in in reality. And that's what's great about games. They allow you to fully experience that. Something like an RPG is a little bit different because you're trying to tell a story. But in a game where it's, it's competitive, you get the full feeling of actually being that evil guy. But in a much more safe environment where by screwing over your friend, you're not actually hurting him. All right. So, Dave, what have you been doing recently? Okay, what have I been up to? Uh, well, we've had a couple of uh, good gaming sessions since the last uh, episode. Uh, played some games that I haven't 
uh, touched on before. Uh, one of which was Star Realms, a, another deck ba- another deck building game, uh, which I absolutely loved. Uh, it had all the elements of of card based gaming that I really really enjoy, and it it was sci fi. So <laughs> it had ship battles and yes. and. Uh, space stations so i really got into it uh huge uh to the point where i actually went out and bought it that's right and i actually uh got this one from the kickstarter like you said it just looked awesome and i've always been searching for a very thematic well done deck builder because i like the idea of the deck builder i haven't really liked many of the deck builders that i've played but this star realms one is really good really well put together i think absolutely yeah, it's just fun to play, and it, it's varied when you're playing it, so you don't always have the same kind of... It actually, it, it harkens me back, yeah, I'm going to use the word harken, uh, to my early days of playing uh, CCGs, like the, the Star Trek, mm. uh, even Babylon 5 to a certain extent. You have to realize now that Dave really likes sci-fi games, it's like, oh my god, spaceships? This is amazing! <laughs> Oh my god, space stations? It is That's pretty even awesome. more rare and even more amazing for him. Because one of his favorite shows is Deep Space Nine. Well, no, one of my favorite shows is Babylon 5. Oh, sorry. And one of my other favorite shows is Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, Babylon 5 rates above Deep Space Nine. Uh, just, just a smidge. They both ended up with uh, fantastically told art stories. In my opinion. He likes space operas, basically. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, like it's so rare that I come across a good incarnation of a sci-fi themed game that can be played in less than five hours. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think I've I think I've mentioned before that my very first my very first settlers was actually Spacefarers of Catan. Oh yeah, yeah. And that actually was one of the reasons that I fell in love with with settlers was because I came at it from a sci-fi. <laughs> From a sci-fi aspect, which was and it, like star bases and everything, you got ships. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Did you play any other games? I did. We played. <laughs> we played several rounds of uh, King of Tokyo. Ooh, King of Tokyo, which was like awesome. Said, it is. It is su- stupidly fun considering it's a Yahtzee game. <laughs> it is basically Yahtzee with monsters, and I don't understand how it's so fun, but it is. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We had uh, one round where a player just won because everyone else kept getting injured. And uh, another player that Yahtzee'd their way to victory, actually. Yeah, was, that's true. Uh, was it really was surprising, impressive. actually. I did not expect I was, her to uh, win by points, but yeah, she just quite kept shocked. on rolling threes and ones, and yeah. we all had these special ability cards to screw over. And uh, we all over. failed to use them. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, she rolled perfectly. Yeah. The last yeah. time, she she needed four points? She needed four points. She had four points. So she, the only thing she could do was roll a bunch of threes and then get more threes because she didn't have any abilities or anything like that. Yep. And she did. She rolled it straight and she won. Yep. <laughs> so there was good, absolutely good nothing we could do about it. Yeah. But yeah. we did. We have talked about King of Tokyo before, and it's pretty too. It is yes. And it's that's one of the things. Theme. Theme. Theme yes. is a lot of what makes that game great. Everyone loves giant monsters and pretending to be a giant monster everyone's loved it since childhood frankly yeah 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 king of tokyo was really fun yeah and with great theme so that's it yeah yeah that's about it so uh what did you get up to that's a good question uh i was also at the gaming group 
played a lot of uh, King of Tokyo, like I said. I'm really enjoying that game more than I've enjoyed any other Yahtzee-type game before. <laughs> and it is because of the theme. I just love playing the giant monster. I didn't get to play the giant monster that I really wanted to play last time. I know, time. I got it. I wanted to be a cyber bunny. But it was still fun, being alienoid. You know what I think I love about that the game, the game's theme in general? Uh-huh. Is that all of the monsters are in- instantly recognizable... But they can't use the trademark names. <laughs> so they have these cool alternate names. like, that's King Kong. Oh, no, it's not. It's the king. It's the king. <laughs> and it's not Godzilla. It's Gigazor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the art is beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, yeah, so I did that. Basically just the same old stuff. Played a bunch of War Machine. Of course. Of course. If you ever show up to one of these and you haven't played War Machine, <laughs> I think I'm going to die from shock. Yeah, it's but to be fair, War Machine, a lot of the reason why I play it is because of the theme. And that's the thing, the prettiness of having these cool monsters, basic, I play monsters. Giant robots. Giant robots and giant monsters fighting. Now, they're not, they're not 50 foot tall, they're only 10 foot tall. Oh. But that's still pretty giant. That's still pretty. So I, I have been playing a bunch of War Machine. So that's what I've been doing. So when we think about certain board games, like uh, Arkham Horror, do you ever have this feeling it owes a lot to RPGs? I think you could say that about a lot of board games. A lot of the influence, especially when you're talking about uh, games that have a really, really strong theme, like Mm -hmm. Arkham Horror. Uh, And it's cooperative. Yeah, and uh, I think you see a lot of really great themed games they really do owe everything about them to their RPG roots. Mm. It's kind of like there was an RPG that someone really enjoyed and then they wanted to create a board game almost version of that experience. Absolutely. So where you don't need, for example, a dungeon master. Well, yeah. I think I think the classic examples are, uh, are HeroQuest mm, yeah. and HeroQuest-style games. Like There were quite a few around about that time. Where I played one as a child that I really enjoyed called Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah, you have something like Descent, right? Which is a new mm. one. Where it definitely, it's obvious that the lineage that it comes from, right? The entire idea of going into a jun- dungeon, killing monsters in the dungeon. Why are there monsters in a dungeon anyways? <laughs> Should there only be criminals locked up in guards? That, to me, is surprising. That's a really interesting point. I've never thought about that. Exactly. The reason why we have all these dungeons filled with monsters is because of RPGs. No, it's because... The, and they, they you, called, yeah, it's you, a dungeon. You need to send the adventurers down there, and if, if there were no, there were no <laughs> monsters, monsters, then the... People don't keep treasure in dungeons. You're right. They don't. They keep criminals in dungeons. They keep tr- treasure in the vault. Exactly. It should be vault delving. Exactly. And you should you should be killing... Well, if it was to be realistic, you'd be killing humans. And stealing... The, you'd be bandits. You'd be a bunch of bandits. But they, they had to make the people heroes. So for some reason, you go into a dungeon. That sounds a little bit nicer. But the reason why, why we have so many of these board games with dungeons is because of the lineage from RPGs. And it's obvious when you see something like Descent where it's mm. just taken right from it. Yeah. And it, it yeah. makes sense because RPGs are really fun to play, but oftentimes you don't have... They can be really complicated. Yeah, they and they also involve, typically, a larger commitment of time mm-hmm. and uh, a, a commitment to understanding 
the rules and immersing yourself in a, a world for a prolonged period. Whereas in a lot of these these board games, you learn about the, the world as you go, just by playing the mechanics of the game. Yeah. And so it's not as much of a, a cost. Plus you can play it much faster. Right. And you oftentimes you don't need a dungeon master. But what is it about, I guess, themes for board games that makes it such an exciting experience. Like, you look at games that are abstract, or games that you think about them when you're playing them abstractly, and then there are certain games that just evoke that theme, and the theme, playing in that theme, and experiencing that theme is the game. Mm. You look at a, a game like chess, the theme is supposed to be war, but it's so abstract that when you're playing it, you don't even see that theme. Well, yes, to a certain extent. Really? You think of it as war? Well, yeah, you're right, I don't. <laughs> I don't think of it as war. Why does the knight go in L-shapes? <laughs> well, see, a knight, uh-huh. he's jousting. And okay. when he gets to the end of the, the he run, turn around. he has to turn around. <laughs> oh, okay, alright. And he can leap over other people, I guess. But I don't sure. understand what the bishop's doing on the war field. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's pretty skilled, too. Maybe it's Bishop from X-Men. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps he went back in time and influenced the game of chess. Yes. Call that piece Bishop. No, no, no. Exactly. That one. Not the one that goes on an L-shape. The one next to it. Yes. That is Bishop. <laughs> yes, but uh, I, I think of games like Trans-Europa or Trans-America mm-hmm. and uh, Ticket to Ride. Effectively, you're representing a, an old railway baron. Mm-hmm. But you don't... It's it, it's still fairly abstract. Like, you've got the laying down of, of railway tracks, but mm-hmm. you're still fairly removed from that feeling of being that railway baron. Mm-hmm. And then you have, uh, you have games that are more immersive about... The experience that the, you're The doing. experience that you're having. They drip with theme. They'll even change names of things that could be described more accurately with normal English. So that it's more thematic. Something like right. Netrunner. Mm. Have, you, have you played the Android Netrunner version where they've changed basically all of the things that would be easier just explained? They have Netrunner versions of talking about it. Like you get tagged and <laughs> I don't know. There's so many. Frankly, I don't remember them because there's so many. Yeah, it becomes a barrier to playing because you're like, what does he mean by that? Oh, that means you just put this token here. <laughs> Right. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to think of. There, but it makes it more thematic. It actually does. It makes it, it yes, more immersive. But there, there. It, I was trying to think of there, there was a railway game that I played, and it, it did have stronger overtures of the of the theme of being a railway baron. I know I've played it. I don't remember the name of it, but that's, that's becoming a theme. <laughs> that's becoming a theme for me of not remembering games. So yeah, uh, I think one of the big things that differentiates games that are that end up being super thematic and games that are end up being more abstract is who you're actually playing. Because a lot of the thematic games allow you to experience the game in the role of a person or something that is easier to relate to, right? Mm. Not all of them, right? But yeah. a lot of them, you experience the game as someone that you can more easily relate to. Yeah, so th- like Arkham Horror, you're playing a person. Yeah, you're playing a particular at. character that is an investigator. Yeah, whereas a game like Settlers, even though I love it, it's a little bit harder to get into that kind of feeling. And so I'm not saying, though, that Settlers, I actually think it's quite thematic. And I guess that just goes to show you that 
you don't necessarily have to be a person as long as you can relate to them. I think building cities and and culture and countries, we also understand those things, right? Yeah. So it's a lot easier to for us to relate to those exactly. building Something a city can, and, and growing. You can that plug kind your of brain thing. into it fairly exactly. Easily. And so you don't necessarily have to have a person, although I think that's the easiest and most direct route. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It immediately injects you into that role. There's no barrier to making the transition from being yourself to being immersed mm-hmm. in the game. And I think it's not just, though, the character that you're portraying in the, in the game. It's how the game theme colors all the things you're doing. Yeah, the interaction between you and the game is definitely... I'm going to say the most important aspect to a theme. Yes. So games that are trick-taking games, for example, unless you're playing as a gambler, <laughs> the character as a gambler, it's hard to feel like it's not abstract. Mm. Because trick-taking, although it's a fun mechanic and it's a fun puzzle that you play, mm. right, and with competition of the players, the theme aspects that they will often put into there don't make sense. Is there a deck of cards around here that made you think of that? No. No? Oh, look at that. You had yes, independ- I think of... You had independent thought. <laughs> yes. It's not just from what I see. I do have things going around in my brain. So, yeah. Yeah, I like trick- t- trick-taking games, but again, it ends up being more abstract because you can't relate that to any story. It's just a fun little puzzle. Mm. If things have a good mechanic and fun, interesting puzzle, but don't necessarily make sense with all the other things. And I think that's what the big difference is uh, when people talk about pasting on themes. Oh, yes. Bolted on themes. Yes. Let's build the game first, and then let's bolt on a theme that we like so that it'll sell. (laughs) And I guess one of the biggest issues with that is that sometimes, although your gameplay is super fun, because you have a fun puzzle, right? You have your fun puzzling mechanics and fun dynamic with competition, when you paste on your theme, it won't necessarily fit perfectly if you yes, do it yes. game first, theme afterwards. Well, I think one of the games that you've mentioned and actually enjoy is uh, is exactly that style where the theme appears to be bolted on after the fact. It's a D&D game... Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep. Thank you. Oh, Lords of Waterdeep is fun. It's really yes. good. But would you would you agree that that's definitely is a game that feels like it has a theme that was bolted on to an, a pre-existing good gameplay mechanic? Yeah, it's basically a worker placement. It's just a really nice worker placement. Exactly. So worker placement is obviously done been done a whole bunch of times before, but what it's doing in a Dungeons and Dragons game is not clear from playing it. <laughs> I'm not saying that it can't be done. I'm just saying that Lords of Waterdeep, although I really like that game, does not sell it very well. It's super fun, though. And it's pretty, too. But you've said before that they could have bolted on any of half a dozen different themes and yes. still had a great game. The issue, I think, was that it was created created by Wizards of the Coast. So what theme are they going to paste onto it? They have yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. They have yeah, it's, maybe, like, it's magic. Not, it's not, not going to be a city-building game, that's for sure. That's That's the thing, right? Yeah, I still think it would be better as a counselors of Detroit. And then you have different engineers going and doing it. Although maybe it wouldn't be as pretty. Maybe it has to be counselors of cyber Detroit. (laughs) So perhaps a RoboCop theme would have been appropriate. Oh, a RoboCop theme. There you go. Uh, Still, in the end, it was beautiful. It's a great game. We should play that. So yeah, so the issue with with Lords of Waterdeep, why it's not thematic and why it's obvious that it seems to paste it on, is... 
maybe didn't start out pasted on, but it's obvious that it was uh, gameplay first and theme second. Um, Which I think is it's the right approach most of the time. I, uh, I like depends it. on what you want to want to do. I like it when, for instance, I think Crossroads of Kingswood mm-hmm. was definitely a game where the theme of the game has helped the game evolve into mm-hmm. into what we see today, which is, I think you'll admit, a lot more fun than where it started. Yeah, I will admit that all the things we've done have made it a better game instead of a worse game. That would be sad. But but <laughs> but a lot of the changes were influenced by the theme of the game and, and the characters that you had in the game. Yeah. Uh, helped to move each small step along the way. Yeah, that's true. I will, okay. And I think we've seen games like plenty of games like that. Yeah. I think Arkham Horror actually is is a great example of that. You can you can tell that they had theme in mind. Maybe not from the outset, but very, very early on. I think basically from the outset. Yeah, I didn't. I I was. I was trying to hedge my. I was trying to hedge my bets there. But do you mean that? Did you mean that it might not necessarily have been a Cthulhu theme? Yeah, but it was definitely a theme. Was definitely there. Yeah, they had the theme, the story that they wanted to tell. Yes, and then the gameplay comes out of the story. I actually think I heard an interview by the guy who created it, and that's what he basically said. He starts with a theme and then builds on it. So. I tend to enjoy games that are like that. Even though, I guess, Crossroads of Kingswood came from a different theme, and then I did switch over themes, but that was because the game that I created, I realized it was just better themed as a thing. Yes. And then, I think iteration, have tried to make the theme not feel pasted on. That is, yes, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. Like Crossroads of Kingswood is not necessarily the most... It's not the most thematic game, right? No. It's more of an abstract. There are a lot of games that are like that, that are more abstract when you play them. Something like Dominion, although I think feel like that's a pissed on theme. I absolutely agree with you there. You could pretty much paste on any any theme to that, and I think we've seen that you can do that because you've got games like Star Realms. I guess one of the things that's interesting is that even with a game that is mostly abstract... It's still better to have a theme, even if it's pasted on. Yeah, like War- Lords of Waterdeep, if they just had no theme, and it was not even counselors of whatever city, it was just ability drafting and cube collection, the gameplay would be exactly the same, but it just wouldn't be as fun. So even though they pasted on that theme, it helps. Yeah, absolutely. Because... Even though it's it's that's not the main reason why you're playing, it's still there and it still keeps things a little bit more fun and gives you a little bit of that feeling of going to another place. That's true. Even if every once in a while you run into a rule that kind of pulls you straight out of that that thing. Even Dominion, who which I think is horribly themed, if they didn't even have it wasn't called Blacksmith, it was called Card Two, it would be even worse. <laughs> well, here's here's an example of a of a game that is bolted on theme mm-hmm. and it shouldn't work but it does mm-hmm. and that's uh, Aliens the I game is effectively it. sorry with an alien theme Aliens? What is this a game that you who do you play I've with played this? it repeatedly with who? with uh, my other gaming group it's a lot of fun actually really? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Aliens as in Aliens Ripley Aliens? Yeah, that themed of aliens. You, you really you, it's a slight variation on sorry, but basically you're rolling the dice uh-huh. to move your four spacemen. <laughs> and then you keep on getting eaten by aliens. And you also control an alien. 
Okay. You move your spaceman, and then you move your alien, and the objective is <laughs> to get, get the to, alien to kill your to kill your opposing colors uh, spaceman. Yes. So you've but got are these... there different routes so that you can try to land on them? The the alien does have. Is there actual any gameplay unlike Sorry? No, it's 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 pretty much Sorry. <laughs> But you get to gobble up your opponents. <laughs> but the fact that you're, it's aliens themed, it's aliens themed. Little, uh, that's that's hilarious. But yeah, totally. It's totally. It t- took flat out took an existing game <laughs> that was not that great and bolted on a, a theme. Shouldn't have worked, <laughs> but it totally does. But it totally does. That's awesome. Now I kind of want to play it. Well, you'll have to uh, join us for uh, a gaming session. Yeah, yeah totally. It's, it's it's quite unique. Uh, pasted on themes on certain abstract games is better than nothing. But I think a lot of that is because, in general, we're gamers that like theme. Right? That's not necessarily everyone. Yeah. And that's why I we're, think you can have good games with theme. It's better to paste it on because I know some of my friends are not theme gamers. They yes. just, when they play, they just see the mechanics and how to win. And they won't care if there is a theme attached. But the people yes. that want the theme there need to have it. Exactly. So it's yes. there and then you can bring those two people together, which I think is helpful for the group. And it's an important part of, of gaming for us. Like bringing two disparate groups of uh, gamers together yeah. uh, through the game. Exactly. And it's... Although I like smacking people down, especially if they're all only into mechanics, it's just not worth it if there's no theme in the game. Right? I need that extra little thing about back of my head saying, Oh, I'm a little adventurer. That's gonna kill his adventurer. <laughs> Stab his, his adventurer in the back. Yeah, you do want to sort of take them down thematically. <laughs> yes. I didn't knock you out of the game. My character Exactly stabbed you in the back with his jewel daggers. Exactly. And, I think and they... stole all of your golden <laughs> treasure. I would never do that in real life. That's horrible. But my character is just kind of a jerk. <laughs> Maybe that's part of why I like these thematic games. How about favorite themes? I guess we already talked about your favorite theme. Yeah. I I, I like sci-fi. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, with sci-fi. I think well, that's the, one of my favorite as well. The thing is... Uh, Sci-fi definitely rates very, very high. Like, but the thing is, most of the games that I play are definitely fantasy based. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of the games that are on my shelf have very little to do with science, science fiction or fantasy. I've got Bang that I mentioned a couple of times. Which Wild West. Wild West, exactly. Uh, and you've got uh, I'm the Boss, where you're a businessman yeah. or woman. And you uh, got Lucky Loop, where you're an airplane. You got Dominion, where I don't really know what you're trying to play as Dominion. Are, are, a deck, are you being... I believe you're a deck builder <laughs> oh, yes. in that game. Yes, you're a deck builder. So exactly. I can't even actually think about what my favorite theme would be, personally, because I like so many different themes of all sorts. I just like the variety, of the, the ability to visit a different world. Yes. It's like reading a book. Okay, how about least favorite theme? Oh, that's easy. Modern day, because it's, it's oftentimes... Too close to real life. Why would I be playing a game and to experience what I do on a daily basis? I even games where I will probably never do that modern day thing, like being a boss or something. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Risk when they make it look like it's modern day Risk, you, not as fun as you, the you Napoleon. Have, you want to have your horses and your cannons. Uh, I need the Napoleon Risk. Speaking of themes, 
Speaking, this whole episode is about themes. Yeah, I know. Speaking of themes, <laughs> one game that I don't understand why people like the theme of, or the game actually, is Pandemic. Why do people like Pandemic? Can you explain this to me? I'd love to. All right. Unfortunately, every time my gaming groups play Pandemic, they always do it when I'm not there. <laughs> Fair enough. I have watched the end of so many games of Pandemic, it's getting to the point of ridiculous. I think the biggest issue is that you need to start showing up on time. <laughs> if you show up late for every game... That may be a strong a factor in why I keep missing out <laughs> on playing this game. I know I know games that have a similar mechanic. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, Forbidden Island is, is one yeah. of those games that Made has, by a the similar, same guy. has a similar mechanic, where you're constantly just... It's basically children's version of... Pandemic, right? But the but theme is better. You're constantly fighting against this overwhelming tide mm-hmm. that you can't beat, but you just have to survive long enough to get Win. to the end. Yeah. And I'd say that the cooperative aspect of it uh-huh. was a lot of fun. The aspect that you're constantly fighting this tide, mm-hmm. and you know you're not going to win. You know you're not going to beat it. But you're just holding it back that one extra turn. Something very satisfying about that mm-hmm. that aspect of it. The theme, it's nice to have, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, for you? Yeah. I actually like Forbidden Island better than Pandemic, specifically because of the theme. You know what it is, what really bugs me about Pandemic? Losing? It, no. It doesn't seem realistic. Curing diseases? Really? Why are there four diseases happening in the world at the same time? What are the chances of that actually happening at the same time? Uh, and then you're running around curing each one, curing your, the diseases as they spread. I see what the really? problem Does with the game sense? is. I understand what your problem with the theme the is. The theme doesn't make sense. It's too modern world. Oh, and it is said modern world, yes. I agree. It's too modern world. It is modern world and the theme doesn't quite make sense. I think you'd find that if you actually uh, looked into it a little bit, huh? the theme might be a little too close to true. Okay, so that's the thing. Some parts make sense, right? I like the idea of the diseases spreading. That's very thematic. Mm. But the fact that you're trying to cure four different diseases and then going from each one and try and then once you cure it, I think maybe it is. It's the fact that it's it's too real but not real enough. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the go. issue with the theme. You found it. Yeah, I actually think that's, that's what it is. You're right. You need Whereas the theme. Forbidden you need... Island, which is totally fan- fantastic, right. it's fine. You need to have Forbidden a theme. Forbidden Desert, that's... which is, I think, the best version of that type of oh, game. Oh, of course. And it's exactly the same game, actually. <laughs> so you need, the, you need the theme to be, <laughs> and we keep coming back to this term, internally consistent. Yes. Just like any story or whatever. Fair so, enough. yeah. Pandemic sucks. <laughs> I don't like Pandemic. I'm getting that impression. <laughs> I think this is it. Yeah. This has been Alan. This has been Dave. And that was Draw, Roll, Move Podcast, Episode 6, Thematic Gaming. <laughs> you can go to our website, inthelabs.com slash draw, roll, move to see the other episodes we've done. There are five. <laughs> and that's it.